Well, today is the day the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. These words penned thousands of years ago are a declaration from God that if we have breath in our lungs and blood in our veins, then we have a reason to celebrate and to praise. Now, for some of us, that's easy this morning. We can jump, we can clap, we can sing, and we can dance. But if we're honest, truly honest, there's others of us in this room where the, the problems of yesterday and the fears of tomorrow have prevented us to be present today. And there is not joy on our lips. And if you're in that place, we still have to use those words, declare those words that God said that I have to rejoice. So how do we do that? Well, thankfully, the Bible doesn't give us just this, it doesn't give us an answer, or gives us an answer rather. And the way he gives us that answer is this beautiful story of a father walking up to Jesus because his daughter needed to be healed. And Jesus says, do you have to have her healed to believe? And he says, no, I believe, but Lord, help my unbelief. And that's something we can be praying each and every day this that when I'm struggling with something, I can say, Lord, I believe, will you help me? So as we stand in this place and the auditorium, as you're watching online, as we start service this morning, why don't we say these words together? Lord, I believe. Well, help my unbelief. Let's worship the Lord this morning. Welcome, everybody. Come on, put your hands together.
somebody shout praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, oh my soul. Praise the Lord, oh my soul. Let me hear you say, say praise. Say praise. I won't be quiet. Say, I won't be quiet. My God is alive. How can I keep it inside? I won't. I won't be quiet. My God is alive. Do you agree with that? Sing it with us. Say, I won't be quiet. My God is alive. So how can I keep it inside? Let me say praise. Come on. One more time, say praise. Praise the Lord, oh my soul, oh my soul. Cathedral of Faith, God is good. And all the time. Are you grateful to be in the house of the Lord? Somebody shout amen if you are. Father God, we just thank you for this moment. We thank you for this day. We thank you for the gift of song. We thank you for the gift of your word. We thank you more importantly, more appropriately, for the gift of yourself that you have given to us through the personhood of Jesus Christ. God, we thank you, Lord, for the victory that comes from Jesus Christ and his, and his life. We thank you for that victory that has become our victory. That we could stand here and be victorious in Jesus. So God, I pray over your people today, Lord. Everyone, everyone that is gathered, everyone watching online, wherever you're at. I pray that, Lord, we would know that today we're not alone. That you are with us and that you are good and your promises are true. You are faithful, and you have been faithful. You will always be faithful. And we thank you for that in Jesus' name. All of God's people said amen and amen. If you're grateful for the gift of victory today, could you put your hands together one more time and shout hallelujah? Yeah.
with shouts of glory Cause now forever has begun to you now somebody needs to just say thank you Jesus I don't deserve this but I so need it and I so receive it thank you Lord for your victory in Jesus name all of God's people shouted here today amen and amen can we give thanks one more time Wow Wow, wow, wow. I don't know about you, but I see a victorious group of people out there today. I see some victorious husbands, some victorious wives. I see some victorious business owners. I see some victorious parents. I see some victorious children. Wow, thank you, God, for your victory. Thank you so much for your victory, God. Amen and amen. Welcome, everybody. This is Cathedral of Faith. Everybody's welcome here. Nobody's perfect. The love is lived out, and everything is because we serve a God who has displayed his victory over death, hell, and the grave, and sin, and darkness. To God be the glory for the things he has done. God is good in all the time. 
Before we're seated, can we one more time give the loudest ovation we are capable of giving? The loudest shout of praise. Hallelujah! And one more time, the loudest hallelujah on the count of three before you're seated. One, two, three. you're here with us today on a Sunday, especially to all our first-time guests out there. Please get connected with us by checking the card in the seat pocket in front of you. You can scan the QR code on that card and you'll get more information about our church community and how you can get involved. A special shout out as well to everyone who accepted Jesus as their Lord and Savior. Let us know on that QR code when that happened so that we can send you a certificate to mark that special day. All right, CUF fam, you know the drill. We've got so much in store for you, literally. We've got so much in store. Come and check out our merch here at the lobby because if you're not getting it, I'm gonna get it. If you love gospel music and if you love reggae music, put them together. We've got a gospel reggae group, Christafari, performing here in the amphitheater at Friday, August 18th, 7 p.m. So mark your calendars, please. If you get there as early as 6 p.m., you get to enjoy even more with all the yummy food trucks, fun games, and paparazzi. I mean, we have a photo wall, but close enough. It's definitely a great event to join with your friends and your family. So this Saturday on August 19th, we've got a true identity workshop where you get to learn more about your identity in Christ and as a child of God. At this workshop, you're going to have a personal coach help you walk through it. So please register at the lobby or call the church office. To all our married folks out there, we have a special conference just for you. Here at Ignite Silicon Valley Marriage Conference happening next month, September 22nd and 23rd. Be encouraged by guest speakers like Gary Chapman, hear biblical financial advice from Chris Brown, and inject joy in your marriage through comedy with Andrew Stanley. There's great music too by Christian Dentley. Don't worry, our kids' ministry will be available on Saturday, September 23rd. So sign up and visit our kiosk at the lobby after service. Oh, be sure to pass by our chapel too. Not only do we have our beautiful stained glass windows, but it's even cooler now that you'll be surrounded by an immersive multimedia experience. That's it for now. Be sure to download our app on your phone so that you can see all of the latest and greatest at Cathedral. We've got a website, we've got social media, so you can stay in the loop wherever you are. All right, Cathedral, I know you're going to miss me, but it's okay. I'm going to see you again next time, so bye. Amen. Come on, let's give it up for the Lord. Hallelujah. There's a lot happening here at Cathedral. Amen. You know, I, I, it's amazing how, amazing how Matthew set thing up as we prepare to give uh, to the Lord today. In chapter 24 of Matthew, he records Jesus talking about the signs of the last times. And in chapter 25, he records three parables that he shares, not only with the disciples and those who were listening to him, but also to us. And chapter 25 applies to how the church should conduct itself as we walk into his second coming. And in chapter 25, he shares these three parables. Now I, I wanna share with you, as again, we prepare ourselves to give to the Lord today. Jesus speaks to him, he says, you know what, this is how it reads. As soon as it comes up, there it is. For I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. I needed clothes and you clothed me. I was sick and you looked after me. I was in prison and you came to visit me. What a challenge. You know, one of the reasons why I came to Cathedral of Faith is because Ken and Kurt have a passion to follow the vision, uh, the ministry, the mission, the legacy of the Foreman ministry, that they continue to mobilize us, Cathedral, to do just that and fulfill that, 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 uh, that word. Okay, in Spanish I call that, 
aplauso de matamoscas, okay? We're going to give it up to the Lord. Come on, just, just give it up to the Lord, okay? So, as we give, we are part of that mission, part of that vision to continue to impact our society, our, our culture with the, with the love of Christ. Um, we're all over the world, in Mozambique, and Italy, and through the Spanish ministry, Catedral de Fe, we're ministering in Mexico, Central, and South America. In Colombia, we have built houses for pastors who are in need. In Central America, we have also built houses. We have helped with medical bills. We've not only done that with pastors, but we've also helped their children finish their schooling. I mean, it's amazing some of the things that we've done. And on a weekly basis here and reaching out through, through the bishop, we, we, have, we have feeding literally thousands of people. In other words, we are fulfilling God's word. And as you give today, think about that. It's not just in so much just to making things, making a budget, it's to fulfill a vision. Let's pray, okay? Father God, I pray a blessing upon every individual. I declare, God, a blessing upon every individual that we can take a look at the fact of how we are impacting lives, touching lives with your love. So I pray, Lord, as we give whatever dollar we give, God, that it would be used mightily for your honor and your glory. Can someone say amen? One of the other things that we've done here at Cathedral is that there is a vision to prepare us for the future. And so... Cathedral has invested in this program of internships where we bring in uh, young people so that they can discover God's will in their lives through Cathedral. And this year's internship program has actually written a song on their own. Come on, let's give it up for the interns today. We're going to bless us. Amen.
Amen. Everybody stand with me, please. Would you let our interns know how much you appreciate them? Bless us with that song. That was awesome. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Thank you so much. Wow, that was great. Father, thank you so much for this amazing time, this amazing space. Thank you for all of the cathedral family and friends and guests that are with us this weekend, whether they're on site, in the building, outside in the amphitheater, in the drive-in, those who are watching online. We commit this time to you. We ask that we would meet you in this moment. Lord, speak to us that we can leave here changed because we met you in this moment. This week can be genuinely, authentically different because we've heard from you. And we pray this in Jesus' name, for Jesus' glory. All God's people said, amen. amen. Let's give God praise one more time. Amen. Amen. Before you're seated, look at somebody and tell them, revolution, go ahead. Revolution. Welcome to the revolution. In fact, the movie, we're at Cathedral at the Movies, and the movie we're going to look at this week is another faith-inspired, faith-based movie based on a true story called The Jesus Revolution. Now, The Jesus Revolution is about the Jesus movement among young people back in the 60s and 70s, especially among the hippies. Do you remember the hippies? Does anyone still have a tie-dye shirt hanging up in your closet, right? Yeah. So these were countercultural youth, and they were searching for answers. They were looking for meaning, looking for purpose, and those are good things to look for. Nothing wrong with that. But they were looking for those things in all the wrong places, but eventually many of them found the answer to their deepest question, and the answer, his name was Jesus Christ. And the answer is still Jesus Christ. And through the transformation that took place, in fact, churches today, Calvary Chapel churches, Victory Outreach churches, Vineyard churches, they all find their roots back in the Jesus Revolution of the 60s and 70s. Of course, that wasn't the first revolution, even in our country. You go back all the way to the 1700s. There's a young pastor by the name of Jonathan Edwards. Now, he would go on to become the, the, uh, prince, or the uh, president of Princeton University. But at this time, he's a pastor of a small church, and he feels like he's just failing month after month after month. What a loser. He's failing. Hardly anybody is getting converted. And the last convert he has is this young lady who's a shady lady. In fact, this is what Jonathan Edwards writes about her. He says, she had been one of the greatest company keepers in the whole town. Hello! And he figured her getting converted was going to absolutely put a lid on what he wanted to achieve in the town. But the opposite happened. And it led to a revival over the next six months in a town of 1,100 300 people came to know Jesus Christ as their Lord and their Savior. Isn't that awesome? And that movement spread to over 100 different towns, continued to, for 10 years, and it became known as the Great Awakening. Of course, that was not the first Jesus movement either. There was a revolution that took place all the way back in the first century. In the Middle East, there's a lady who she does what she does during the day. She's going to get water at a well. She does this every day. But then she has an encounter, a close encounter with Jesus himself. And not only does it have an impact on her, but it impacts her entire town. Now, let me ask you a question. Have you ever gone out to a lake or a pond and you pick up a rock and you throw that rock into the pond? It's fun to do. You find a pond, you find the perfect rock, and then you look at the pond and then you take aim at the pond and boom. And that's when physics kicks in. 
and the molecules in the water move up and down, and the energy pushes outward, and it creates ripples, circles, waves that in the right conditions will continue all the way to the end of the pond. And that's what happens around that well. She has an encounter with Jesus and splash. Her life is, well, filled up with this living water. But then there are the ripples. It creates waves, which eventually impacts her entire home town. Her story is found in John chapter four. And I invite you to join with me on a journey as we look at the revolution that happened in her town. Because who knows? Who knows? What if God wanted to start a revolution in your home or at your work or at your school or at your neighborhood? Nothing is too hard for God. Welcome to the revolution. Amen. Let's give God praise in advance. So John chapter four, let's start the journey. First, we see that Jesus takes a radical road. He takes a radical road. In John chapter four, we read this. We read, the Pharisees heard that Jesus was winning and baptizing more disciples than John. Actually, Jesus himself did not baptize anyone, only his disciples did. So when Jesus heard what was being said, he left Judea. He wasn't gonna let the Pharisees determine his timetable. And instead, he went back to Galilee. Now, on his way there, he had to go through Samaria. Had to. Say that with me. Had to. Say it again. Had to. Jesus had to go through Samaria. No, he didn't. In fact, the normal way a Jewish religious leader would travel to Galilee was to go around Samaria not through Samaria, because there was great racial racial prejudice between the Jews and the Samaritans. This hostility went back hundreds of years. And so even though it was a shorter route to go through Samaria, normally Jewish religious leaders would go around Samaria. They didn't want to be around Samaritans. They don't want to be seen with Samaritans. But what does Jesus do? He had to go through Samaria and he breaks down a barrier and goes to a place that he shouldn't have gone. And then he talks to a person that he wasn't supposed to talk to. Not only was it a Samaritan, but it was a Samaritan woman. Again, the Jewish leaders in that day said that you should never talk to a woman in public if you were a Jewish religious leader. They said it's beneath the dignity of a man to speak to a woman in public. (laughs) Just to be clear, I didn't say that. I didn't say it. Don't want to get canceled today. That's what they said. But what does Jesus do? He goes to a place he shouldn't have gone to and he talks to a woman that he never should have been speaking to. He broke down barriers, radical road, because of this radical love he had in his heart. It was a barrier-breaking love. See, the circle of Jesus' love, when you look at people's lives, well, some people, they have a very small circle of love. They are in love with themselves, and that's it. Other people, they have a larger circle of love, and that circle, well, it's their family and their friends. Still, other people have a larger circle of love, and that's people that are, well, the same ethnic group, the same church they go to, the same fraternity that they're in. But then Jesus comes along and he breaks down barrier after barrier and his circle of love is so large, it goes all the way to the end of the page. For God so loved the world. Yeah, let's give him praise, amen. So let me ask you a question. When you look at your circle of love, Does God want to enlarge that circle of love 
today? Well, I think now more than ever before, we need the barrier breaking love of Jesus because you look around, everywhere you look around in our culture, people are divided, people are polarized. There's something about fallen human nature that we just tend to create boxes and build barriers. For example, I heard about this group of elementary kids. It was in another country and they were riding a bus together, a school bus. And on, this, on the school bus, there were kids that had a darker skin color. There were kids that had a lighter skin color. And they didn't want to be with each other. So, you know, the darker skin kids, they sat on one side of the bus. The lighter skin kids, they sat on the other side of the bus. And the teacher didn't like what was going on. So she stopped the bus. She said, time out. This is going to change. It's going to. She said, from now on, everybody on this bus is green. And she says, you got it, kids? And they said, we got it. She said, what color is everybody on the bus? They saw it green. And she thought she solved the problem until a little further down the road, one of the kids gets up and he says, all right, all the dark, kid, dark green kids on this side of the bus, all the light green kids on this side of the bus, fallen human nature, we divide, we polarize, and that's why more than ever before, we need the barrier-breaking love of Jesus. How large is your circle of love? In the movie, the film, The Jesus Revolution, at first, the pastor, his circle of love is very, very small. When his wife is talking about the hippies, she says, they need help. And the pastor says, no, what they need is a bath. <laughs> But then over time, you see God start to enlarge that circle of love until eventually some of his congregation says, we can't have the hippies in the church. They don't wear shoes. They'll ruin the carpet. So what does the pastor do? The next Sunday, he's out in front washing the feet of the hippies as they're coming into the church. It was a place where everybody's welcome. That's how you start a revolution. You enlarge your circle of love. Revolution, say that with me. Revolution. It starts by enlarging your circle of love, and then we find, well, that it brings us to what I call a wishing well, a wishing well. So let's look at the next part of the story. John 4, verses 5 through 9 continues. In Samaria, Jesus came to a town called Sychar, which was not far from the field that Jacob had given to his son Joseph. This was historical. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired by the trip, the human sight of Jesus, sat down by the well. It was about noon. Noon. Say that with me. Noon. A Samaritan woman came to draw some water, and Jesus said to her, give me a drink of water. It's interesting. Jesus asked for the water, but she was the one who was really thirsty. Have you ever been really thirsty? I heard about this little boy. His dad was putting him to bed one night, and you know how the bedtime routine can go. Do everything you need to do, because once you get up in bed, that's it, you stay in bed. And so he you know, gave him a drink of water, went up to bed, tucked him away. A little while later, the boy says, Dad, can I get a drink of water? He says, no, no, we already talked about that. You're in bed, you need to go to sleep. A little while later, Dad, can I get a drink of water? No, no, we talked about that. You need to just close your eyes and go to sleep. Well, this went on and on and on and on. Finally, Dad had had enough. He said, all right. He said, if you say that one more time, I'm gonna come in there and spank you. Now close your eyes and go to sleep. It seemed to work for a while. But then dad heard from the other room, dad, when you come in here to spank me, can you bring me a drink of water? <laughs> Have you ever been really thirsty? See, Jesus is the one who asks for a drink, but she is the one that's really thirsty. The woman at the well, we're gonna go on to discover that she had been married five times. She had been divorced five times. 
I've never met a bride who walks down the altar with a dream of getting divorced. You walk down the altar with a dream that this is gonna last a lifetime and for it to end in the nightmare of divorce, not once, five times she walked down the aisle, five times it ends in divorce and women in that culture could not initiate a divorce. So that means five times she had been rejected. Five times she had been cast aside. And I can only imagine, as she comes to the well that day, what kind of pain and hurt and guilt. She's given up on marriage. She's living with the guy now. And when she comes to the well that day, she's in so much shame that she doesn't come. All the other women in town, they came in the morning to the well. She comes by herself at noon. She doesn't want to run into anybody. But then she runs in to Jesus. And things are about to change. And her thirst is about to get quenched. The woman answers Jesus by saying this. She says, you were a Jew and I am a Samaritan. So how can you ask me for a drink? Jews will not use the same cups and bowls that Samaritans use. And then Jesus is going to talk to her about a living water. Listen to this. We continue John chapter 4. If you knew the generosity of God and who I am, you would be asking me for a drink. For I would give you fresh, living water. Everyone who drinks this water will get thirsty again and again. Anyone who drinks the water I give will never thirst fresh, living water. Yeah. Fresh water for a fresh start. Maybe you came to church today and that's exactly what you need to hear. In fact, someone is in the room watching online, someone very specifically, the word that you need for today is fresh start. What you need is a fresh start. And Jesus is the one who has the fresh water for the fresh start that he can give to you. It's funny, when you get thirsty... Where do you go when you're really thirsty? I know when I'm at the ocean and I'm you know, working on my tan and I'm getting hot, feeling dehydrated, and uh, I look at all that water out in the ocean and it looks so inviting. I mean, it's wet. Why not just get a cup of that water in the ocean? But if you try to quench your thirst with the water from the ocean, what happens? Science kicks in. And instead of it quenching your thirst, it makes you thirstier than ever and can end up causing dehydration in your life. Where do you go when you're really thirsty? Those young people in the movie, the hippies, see, they were thirsty for meaning and purpose, and initially they were drinking water out of the ocean. And it was dehydrating them even more. But eventually they found the living water, Jesus, and Jesus is the one who quenched their thirst. And the more things change, the more they stay the same. I mean, today the big issue in our culture is, well, I saw this one comic and a wife is talking to her husband and she says, is that you? And the husband says, I'm not sure. I seem to be in the midst of a severe identity crisis. <laughs> and we are, aren't we? In our world. There's this major identity crisis, especially among the youth. And they're thirsty. They're thirsty to know who they are. And that's a good thing to know, to know who you really are, because when you know who you are, you'll know what to do. So that's a good thing. That's a good desire. But if you try to quench the thirst by drinking water from the ocean... All it does is lead to more confusion 
and you never understand who you really are. And that's why if you're thirsty to know who you really are, because if you know who you are, you'll know what to do. The best thing to do is to turn to the God who made you and who loves you and has given us a script to help us understand who we really are. Listen to Ephesians chapter one, verse 11. This is such an important passage for our generation. It's in Christ that we find out who we are and what we are living for. Would you say that with me? It's in Christ that we find out who we are and what we are living for. If you're thirsty, Jesus is the one who has fresh water. And that fresh water can give you a fresh start and help you know who you really are on this planet. And now as we follow the story in John chapter four, it brings us finally to what I call a transformed town revolution. Say it with me, revolution, a transformed town, a transformed town. Now, in, there's this one film, The Three Amigos, and in the film, my favorite scene is when these guys are writing and they're thirsty and one of them has water, but watch what happens and you can see it for yourself. Now that seems almost criminal. He has water that would quench your thirst, and yet, what does he do? Now contrast what he does with what the woman at the well does. She finds the living water, and when she realizes that this man, Jesus, he's more than a man. He's more than a rabbi. He's more than a prophet. That he very well could be this... Messiah that the world has been waiting for. She runs back into town and she tells her town, I met this man. And they say, oh boy, here we go again. <laughs> We've heard this story before. No, no, you've got to hear me out. I met this man and he told me everything that I have done. Could this be the Messiah? It says in John chapter four. And so they left the town and went to Jesus. What does she do? She found fresh water. And then she took that water and she shared it with her amigos. And yet, in the Silicon Valley, there's an unwritten rule that says, if you find fresh water, Good for you. It's personal. It's private. I'm glad you're enjoying it. Just don't share it with anybody else. Keep it to yourself. But I don't know. That just doesn't seem right to me. And I guess I'm not the only one. There's a, a rocker. Now, I don't know much about her. I don't even know if she's a person of faith. But I know she was being interviewed by Rolling Stone magazine. And in the interview, she was talking about how people will talk about everything except God. And somehow God is an embarrassing subject. She put it this way. She said, for some reason, God is embarrassing to people. It does not embarrass somebody to talk about how they got completely bombed the night before and they puked all over themselves. 
But God, it seems, is really an embarrassing subject. That is kind of strange. And it is kind of strange. If I find fresh water and you're thirsty, it's a crime for me not to share that water with somebody else. And each of us have a story to share. The woman, she was real, she was authentic, and she shares her story with the town. This is what Jesus did for me. This is what Jesus has meant to me. And every one of us in the room, we have a story to tell. Nobody can tell your story like you can. We have a a rocker that's coming next month. He is a Grammy award-winning rocker from a heavy metal band, and his name is Brian Welch. He was supposed to come in 2020. Uh Uh-oh, that didn't happen. And so delays are not denials at Cathedral of Faith. He's gonna be our very special guest, and you're gonna be inspired by his story because he's gonna talk about what happened when he gave his life to Jesus Christ how he had taken meth 700 days in a row and turned his life over to Jesus. And now when they ask him, do you get high? This is what he says. Brian says this, I am high on the most high. He's poured his love into my heart by the Holy Spirit. I traded in my ashes for beauty. I traded in my addictions for relationship, for love. Can we give God praise? Amen. That's what Jesus can do. It is. And he's going to share his story. And I hope you'll invite somebody to hear his story. God may use his story to change somebody's life, but God wants to use your story too. At home, at school, in the neighborhood. As you bless your neighbors and pray for your neighbors. And when the opportunity arises, you share your story with your neighbors. Just being real. Just being authentic. This is what Jesus did for me. This is what Jesus has meant for me. Who knows what may happen? You never know what God will do through your story. Tell your story. Say that with me. Tell your story. The Bible says in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9, You are the instruments to do his work and speak out for him, to tell others of the night and day difference Jesus has made for you. Are you grateful today for the difference Jesus has made in your life? Let's give him praise, amen. Hallelujah. See, that woman's story, it led to a transformed town. It started a revolution And I don't know. I don't know how God wants to use your story, but I know you have a story to tell. Just recently, our young adults pastor, who's also pastor of our Gilroy campus, he shared a testimony with me. And the testimony is about uh, one person who's part of our church, Sergio, and another person, Hector, uh, who they grew up together. But after high school, they grew apart. Sergio had been a member of Cathedral of Faith all his life, serving faithfully in children's ministry and being part of the Cathedral of Faith young adults. Hector's life went in a completely different direction. Sergio was struggling with the fact that some of his childhood friends were no longer in his life, but at the same time, he wasn't interested in their lifestyles. But one day, by chance, By chance, say that with me, by chance, coincidence is God's way of remaining anonymous. By chance, Sergio and Hector connected, and Hector said, this is not the life for me. I don't know what else is out there. Sergio invited Hector to come and see. The Monday nights at the young adults, he started attending regularly. On his fourth Monday night, Hector received Jesus as his Lord and Savior, This past Monday, he was baptized in water. Can somebody say hallelujah? God used their friendship. And Hector is right over here. Hector, would you stand? Welcome to the family of God, Hector. That's awesome, buddy. So proud of you. So proud of you. Revolution. Say that with me. Revolution. I invite you to stand with me, please, everyone. The worship team's coming out, and we're going to receive communion. But before we do, 
close your eyes. If you would say, Pastor Ken, I know about Jesus, I've heard about Jesus, but I've never stepped across the line to become a follower of Jesus. Every journey starts with a step. You don't know everything there is to know about Jesus, but you know enough, and you wanna surrender your life to him. If that's the decision you're making today, wherever you're at, outside, inside, online, just lift up your hand real high and say, that's me. God sees your hand, God sees your hearts. Thank you, Lord. Father, thank you for those who are putting their faith and trust in you today. Jesus, we believe you're the savior of the world. Thank you for loving us like you do. We surrender our lives to you. We put you in charge and we receive you as our savior, forgiving our sins. And God, I pray for all of us today that the living water would flow by the power of your Holy Spirit. Let the living water flow through every mind, every heart, to refresh, to renew, to quench our deepest thirst, to give us the fresh start that we need, to find out who we really are, to lead us down a river of purpose. Quench our thirst today, Jesus. We ask this in your name and for your glory. All God's people said, Amen. Let's give God praise. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen, Cathedral. We're going to receive communion after Pastor Vaughn leads in this song. I invite you to prepare your heart. Let's celebrate the forgiveness we find in Jesus Christ.
and for your blood we have found the bread of life his name is Jesus we found the living water his name is Jesus let's eat of the bread of Christ receive the life that God has for you let's drink in the cup of Christ receive the living water Thank you, Lord. I invite you to say this prayer after me. If you'd pray this after me. Hmm. Lord Jesus, start a revolution in me, in my heart, in my mind. Start a revolution. Let it begin with me, in my home, at my work in my neighborhood, in my school. Start a revolution. Let it start with me. Devil, take your hands off of God's property. The Bay Area does not belong to you. The Bay Area belongs to Jesus. Jesus, we need a revolution. We believe it. We declare it in Jesus' name, for Jesus' glory. Amen and amen and amen. Let's give God praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Well, Cathedral Revolution, say it one more time. Revolution, let it start in us. Hope you'll live in that all week long. Just a couple things before I dismiss you. If you need prayer after service, our team will be down here to pray with you and to pray for you on the way out. And then secondly, uh, don't forget, if you haven't seen the chapel, 360 Immersive Experience, check it out after church. It only takes a couple of minutes. Really love you to see what's happening over in the chapel. And then finally, out at the Walk of Faith, we know that popcorn can be expensive in the theater. It can. Anybody else know what I'm talking about? Actually, they found in the 1930s when they started serving popcorn in theaters, they found that it made so much revenue that the phrase was, find a place that's good for popcorn and build a theater around it. So, but today is a good day. God's favor is upon your life. And on the way out at the Walk of Faith, there's free popcorn for everybody. All right. There you go, Tammy. Sure love our cathedral family. Revolution, say it with me. Revolution, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine brightly upon you. May the Lord be gracious to you and give you his peace. And this week, may God enlarge your heart. May you know how much you're loved by him. May God give you the chance to share your story. Start a revolution right where you're at. In the name of the Father, the Son, Holy Spirit, we pray. All God's people said, amen. God bless you as you go.